On Friday, Premier Doug Ford um, announced that details would be revealed in a week or so of uh, what exactly the Independent Commission is going to be doing as they look into long-term care homes. Uh, They uh, will be um, set to release a report as well, the Ministry of Long-Term Care, on July 31st about staffing levels and um, it, it will inform the government uh, for a comprehensive staffing strategy that should be implemented by the end of the year. We know that most experts are saying a second wave is coming. And according to the Globe and Mail, the CEO of Ontario's Professional Nursing Association says she no longer supports the Ford government's independent commission into long-term care homes. Doris Grinspun is chief executive officer of the Registered Nurses Association of Ontario. She's been on the show several times, and it's always a pleasure to have you on. Doris, welcome back. Thank you so much for having us, Kelly. How are you? I'm fantastic. I hope you're well as as, as well. Now, did you have a change of heart? Did you initially support the Ford yes. government's independent commission? Yes, and I will tell you till when. Um, we supported that originally, um, and that was before the report of the armed forces. Um, but with that report we launched our own investigation on how many reports we have done, actually. And lo and behold, I was even astonished and shocked that we have had 35 reports in the last 21 years. And government after government after government, Kelly, has more or less washed their hands. Because with reports, and, and I take accountability for that, because RNAO, called two of these inquiries, the inquiry of the killing of eight residents uh, a few years ago, and that inquiry needed to happen, and also we were the ones that called for the public inquiry into SARS, and that was needed because we didn't know enough. The difference now, Kelly, is that we know everything. We know exactly what happened. We know that we were short of PPE, and nursing homes were were too late in receiving the support for PPEs. We know that we left families out thinking that we were doing the best, but in fact we didn't. And as you know, we also called uh, before the premier announced the same day we sent a, we issue a report on reuniting families, and we can talk about that. Um, and leaving families out was likely an error, and I can explain you why, and we need to prevent moving into that again in the next round. Uh, We know that we went to this outbreak with the most inadequate, dangerous staffing that uh, any jurisdiction has. We are the worst, the worst staffing um, 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 that that the country has, and the Premier and Minister Fullerton knows because, in fact, Minister Fullerton, out of the previous inquiry uh, of Justice Kelly's, um, launched an investigation herself and consultations, and we were part of those consultations. So we know what's needed. We know what's needed. And so what are we going to do more studies? Our concern is that it will be used as an excuse to delay action. Right, and the focus would be then on, um, on assigning blame uh, uh, other than yes, accepting yes, responsibility for having for doing the something now, will wash their hands, saying to anything that people will ask, will say the commission is looking into it, and the opposition parties will try to score points. We want to score points, you know, for whom? For the residents mm-hmm. and for the families, 
And for the is staff, is funding at the heart of this? The fact that the government knows that the, they have all of these problems, and all of these problems add to dollars. And the province now is looking at at their purse and saying, "Oh my gosh, like where are we getting the money from?" Is when this all about funding? The province, the province, the premier, and I am going to speak only about the premier here because he runs the show. The premier is a person that understands what's happening in long-term care. The premier said to me personally that he wants to fix it and he wants us involved on that. The premier said to the province that he wants to fix it. I believe it, and I believe it because he feels it on his heart. Now he needs to put the purse where the heart is. And he will get the credit for that, Kelly, because 21 years, government after government, starting with Mike Harris and all the way to now, has done almost nothing for nursing homes. So, yes, he will need to put the money. He also will get the credit for that. And we will be the first supporting that and applauding that. The Registered Nurses Association of Ontario has recommendations. Other than doing, they say, do not uh, do this inquiry. Don't put the commission together. We already know what the problem is. What are your recommendations? So, first of all, we are saying reunite families with residents. And the premier went halfway the other day. He basically went to the homes that don't have an outbreak. We're saying also the homes that have an outbreak need the designated family caregiver in because actually those residents need it as much or more because of their condition than others. They're suffering not only COVID, they're suffering dehydration and malnutrition because we are short of staff. So on the issue of short of staff, we are saying we need to move from the 2.7 hours of care a day per resident is nothing, Kelly. 2.7 hours is nothing. These are complex people. We are saying we need to move to four hours of nursing and personal support care, of which 48 minutes in a 24-hour needs to be an end. Listen, 48 minutes, huh? It's a little bit more than half an hour. It's nothing, mm-hmm. but give us that. One hour, 60 minutes, needs to be an RPN, registered practical nurse. Again, it's more than what we have, but if you look in the context of 24 hours, we are not asking a lot. 2.2 hours, which is an, is, is in, an increase from what we have now, of PSW. All in all, Four hours in 24 hours, this is the minimum, and that's why we are calling it basic care guarantee. Nursing homes, the families and residents and staff need a a basic care guarantee, and this is what we are proposing. They also need one nurse practitioner for 120 residents. We know that the 60 homes that already have NPs are doing much better because those NPs are 24 by 7. They can diagnose, they can prescribe medications, they can prescribe IV, etc. And we need one, one nurse to do infection control. They don't even have that. Hospitals have a whole team. No wonder they're doing better. We cannot continue to blame the homes if they don't have the resources to do the work. And so we are asking the Premier Let's move now with the solutions because the air conditioning issue will take 10 years to fix. Residents cannot wait 10 years. The heat waves, combined with the COVID, combined with people with cognitive decline, we need the families in and we need improved staffing and we need, of course, the PPE so that we can do this safely 
Absolutely, we can do it safely, and we will save lives. We may not have less outbreaks, Kelly, but we will have less deaths. No okay, doubt. well, let me ask you this, Doris. How do we ensure that families going in and, and providing care to their loved ones in long-term care homes don't bring in COVID-19 and also don't bring it out? Let me be very clear. Do any of us think that a spouse or a daughter or a granddaughter or a son or a brother or a best friend will not care about their loved one as much as a care professional. We're fooling ourselves. I have no doubt that if we give them the PPE and we give them the training, same as we do with the healthcare professionals on how to don and doff the PPE, how to put it on and take it off, they will do perfectly well. They will do perfectly well. They need to keep distance of the health professionals they need to keep this physical distance of other residents and of their families. They cannot gather in the hallway to talk all of them and compare notes, each one of them with their resident. And, yes, they can hug and kiss. And we are saying something different than the premier said. They said two at a time. We are saying no. We are saying designate three family designated family caregivers, but one at a time to visit for as long and as often as they want. Because they, as long and as often will ensure that the residents are again motivated, that they again have a will to live, that they, and that they will be supported with the zip of water, with the, you know, the, the time to eat. And, and then when you do that, plus fixing the stuffing, which is urgently needed, we have a recipe for success, not for disaster. Let me ask you before I let you go here, Doris, uh, if the Ford government's independent commission goes through, because it looks like they're going to release details in the coming weeks on how that's going to work into long-term care homes and what happened, um, if they go ahead with this and don't follow your recommendations and the second wave hits in the fall, where do you think we'll be as far as long-term care homes go? Well, if they don't follow the recommendations, be, not, not even in November, they need to, these recommendations need to happen now so that when we start with the colder weather and more and more is inside the home, that we are well prepared, that the families have, been, have the PPE, that they are trained, that the staffing is better. If we don't start now, and hence why we cannot delay with any commission, like if the premier wants to do a commission side by side of fixing all these pieces that are already well established and known, unknown report by report by report. You need to know, in 2017, already the government was going to move with four hours of care. We are 220 and we have not moved. So if he wants to do parallel the commission to appease those that want a public inquiry, which we don't think we need one or the other, then go ahead, but do not delay the actions. Do not delay by a day the actions, because we will see, again, significant more deaths. And let me tell you, OECD put a report out that states that 40% of all deaths in OECD countries uh, that happen as a result of COVID were deaths in residents of nursing homes. In Ontario, in Ontario, is that's 80, globally 80%. It mm. is unfathomable. It is, uh, it is. I don't want to call legal terms, but it is. 
It is horrible. It is horrible. Just picture those residents, what they went through. Picture their families. Picture the caregivers that need to live with that. We still will need to deal with PTSD, all of us, about what happened here in Ontario. So we don't need more commissions, more inquiries. We need action and funding. Doris, thank you so much for being so frank and and being on the show today. I always appreciate your frankness uh, on the program. Thank you. And by the way, we support the OMA. I tweeted yesterday about closing the bars myself. Uh, we are heading in the wrong direction with the with the inside bars open. So that's a different story altogether. All right. Well, maybe we'll have you back to talk about that a little bit later. Doris, always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. That's Doris Grinspan. She is uh, Chief Executive Officer of the Registered Nurses Association of Ontario. Man, I, I just love how feisty she is. And she really gets to the, the heart of the matter. It doesn't mess around. I, I appreciate that. 